everyone, and welcome back to History Written by Losers, Season 3. I'm Annika. And I'm Sudha. And because it's October and this episode is releasing on Halloween, we decided to do our episode on something spookier. The history of witchcraft and witch hunts. That's right, Annika. We're going to talk a little bit first about the history of the earliest witch hunts. So, witch hunts began in the Middle Ages, when the Catholic Church targeted people who were suspected of consorting with the devil. It is estimated that between 1400 and 1782, about 40,000 to 60,000 people were put to death for witchcraft. Mainly, this was happening in Europe's German-speaking heartland, an area that makes up Germany, Switzerland and northeastern France. To understand the origin of witch hunts, we have to start with the origins of the belief in witchcraft. For centuries, common folk had widely believed in witchcraft. People bought and sold magical services like love potions and spells to help them find stolen belongings. And up until the Middle Ages, the Catholic Church had not been that worried about witches or witchcraft, let alone interested in prosecuting them. But as the Catholic Reformation occurred, this stance was reversed around the mid-1500s as Lutheranism and other Protestant religions gained ground. Protestants tended to be warier of witchery. Martin Luther himself authorized the execution of four accused witches, while John Calvin urged Genevan officials to wipe out, quote, the race of witches. So, because of the strong anti-witchcraft stance that these Protestant religions were taking, many Catholic leaders began to get nervous. They responded with some of the most brutal massacres, St. Maximin's among them. That inspired Lutheran authorities to up their witch hunting game too. So, while many attribute the growth of these witch hunts to the need for a scapegoat for the downturn due to the Little Ice Age in this period, newer research by Leeson and Russ shows that religious competition did indeed spark these witch hunts. In places and periods where confessional competition was fierce, witch hunts intensified. More than two-thirds of the witch trials and 90% of the religious battles occurred during the Counter-Reformation when Catholics stepped up their response to legalized Lutheranism between 1550 and 1650. And witch trials were also greater and more frequent in Germany and Switzerland where religious contests were more heated. More than 40% of Europeans executed for witchcraft were actually in Germany. The slaughter subsided after 1648 when the Peace of Westphalia brought an end to these religious wars somewhat. The ostensible reason that the witch hunts were occurring was to eliminate these bad actors. The truth of it was it was a calculated political move which was designed to attract more people to their particular form of Christianity. And so as true with almost all other things in history, the actual basis of these witch hunts was much more nuanced than we believe. But no matter what the cause was, whether it be the effects of the Little Ice Age or the religious tensions between the churches or some combination of all of these factors, the truth of the matter is that in Europe during these witch trials, many, many, many people were executed and many, many, many of them were women. 
So the first European witch trials that we know of were conducted between 1428 and 1447 in Valais. They began in the French-speaking southern region of Valais and they spread to German-speaking Wallace. The trials claimed at least 367 victims, with just as many men as women killed. They then spread to Trier, which is in Germany. In 1581-1593, one of the largest witch trials in European history began. The motives behind this massive witch purge were likely political, because almost a third of the victims were nobility or held positions in the government or local administration. And very few of those accused of witchcraft were ever released. Around the same time, in North Berwick in Scotland, when King James VI of Scotland sailed to Copenhagen to marry Princess Anne of Denmark, a severe coastal storm forced him to land in Norway and take refuge there for several weeks. The storm was blamed on witchcraft, which brewed the king's obsession with eliminating the practice. He became so obsessed, he even penned a book, Demonology, Endorsing Witch Hunting. In total, 70 people were accused of witchcraft, including several members of Scottish nobility, although the actual number of those killed at that time remains unknown. In Fulda, in Germany, 1603, Balthasar von Dernbach, who was the Prince Abbot of the Fulda Monastery, joined the ongoing efforts of the Counter-Reformation to thwart religious liberalism and witches. He launched an aggressive investigation into witchcraft and sorcery to purge the city of, quote, improper things. In Pendle, England, in 1612 to 1634, there were a series of famous trials conducted. The previous decades had been rife with a fear of witchcraft, which was only magnified by the obsession of King James VI that we talked about. And altogether, during these trials, 12 were accused of using witchcraft to murder 10 people. 11 of the accused went to trial, 9 women and 2 men, and 10 were found guilty and hanged. And finally, in Torsaker, Sweden, from 1674 to 1675, 71 witches were accused, including 65 females, which was roughly one-fifth of all of the women in the region, and they were beheaded and burned in a single day. Most of the testimonies relied on children and were extracted through whippings and other forms of torture but there are still very few records of these trials. We've gone into the details about some of these European trials, but there were many, many more. And the witch hunts was a frenzy that was taking, that happened across the continent. And the people in these towns truly believed in that witchcraft and that sorcery that was taking over lives and causing all of these problems. And so, in their minds, these trials and these killings were 100% justified. Right. The stereotype of a witch varied a lot before the 1400s. Ronald Hutton, a history professor at the University of Bristol, argues in his book, which is called The Witch, A History of Fear, that Sicilians told of gaggles of alluring women with the hands and feet of animals. Norwegians shared their world with earth trolls. There was no pan-European agreement on who these witches were or what they did exactly, assuming they even believed in witches at all because many cultures did even lack this concept entirely before this period. But suddenly, all across Europe, these accused witches began having really similar activities and appearances. They murdered children and they rode 
wooden implements like brooms and they traveled by night and they communed with the devil and they gathered in these cult-like meetings and the concept of witches continued to become more and more similar across these cultures but why and how Scholars point to the traveling friars in the Valais area of the Swiss Alps in the 1420s who had been dispatched to combat heresy. As they traveled from town to town in this mountainous region, these preachers absorbed and transmitted some of these popular fears. Eventually, they brought word back to religious and secular officials who then documented these stories. Theologians began publishing demonology handbooks and guides to exterminating witches, which helped firm up notions about what witches actually did. Malleus Maleficarum was the most famous treatise on rooting out sorcery. It was like the dummy's guide to witch killing. For almost two centuries after its publishing, it sold more than any other book except the Bible. By the 1500s, local pastors had joined friars in spreading this standardized concept of what a witch was. You know, it's very easy to dismiss this terrifying historical episode as some irrational pitchfork wielding by medieval mobs, but for the most part, it was organized murder. And, you know, our Halloween costumes of witches and the way we think about them were really because of something that happened in a small region, valet in Switzerland, by traveling priests. Yeah. But, as we all know, the European witch trials were not the only ones that occurred. Probably one of the most notable and infamous incidents of a witch trial occurred in Salem, Massachusetts in the late 1600s. More than 200 people were accused of practicing witchcraft, the devil's magic, and 20 were executed. The Salem trials occurred just as the European craze over witch trials was dying down. but. They can be explained by local circumstances that were occurring. In 1689, English rulers William and Mary started a war with France in the American colonies. Known as King William's War to Colonists, it ravaged regions of upstate New York, Nova Scotia, and Quebec, sending refugees into the county of Essex and specifically into Salem Village in the Massachusetts Bay Colony. These displaced people created a strain on Salem's resources. This aggravated the existing rivalry between families with ties to the wealth of the port of Salem and those who still depended on agriculture. So Salem Village, which was where the witchcraft accusations began, was an agrarian, poorer counterpart to their neighboring Salem town, which was populated with wealthy merchants. According to historians, Salem Village was being torn apart by two opposing groups, the agrarian townsfolk to the west and the business-minded villagers to the east, closer to Salem Town. Well, according to the oft-cited book Salem, possessed by Paul Boyer and Stephen Nissenbaum, what was going on was not simply a personal quarrel, an economic dispute, or even a struggle for power but it was a mortal conflict involving the very nature of the community itself. The fundamental issue was not who was to control the village, but what its essential character was to be. Boyer and Nissenbaum explained that as the tensions between the two groups unfolded, they followed deeply etched factional fault lines. So 
the Salem witch trials were occurring within the broader context of what was going on between Salem Village and Salem Town. But what actually occurred? So as a result of these increasing hostilities, Western villagers accused Eastern neighbors of witchcraft. Controversy was also brewing over Reverend Samuel Paris, who was their first ordained minister in 1689 and was disliked. The Puritan villagers believed that all of the quarreling was the work of the devil. In January of 1692, Reverend Paris's daughter Elizabeth, age 9, and niece Abigail Williams, age 11, started having fits. Another girl, Anne Putnam, age 11, experienced similar episodes. A stream of accusations against women for alleged witchcraft followed for the next few months. Overall, 19 people were hanged on Gallows Hill. A 71-year-old man was pressed to death with heavy stones. Several people died in jail, and nearly 200 people had been accused of practicing the devil's magic. What afflicted the girls is still unknown. Of course, they may have been faking it, but some historians don't believe that was the case. Linda Carporeal suggests that the girls suffered from convulsive ergotism, a condition caused by ergot, a type of fungus, found in rye and other grains. It produces hallucinatory LSD-like effects to the afflicted, and it can cause people to suffer from vertigo, crawling sensations on the skin, extreme tingling, headaches, hallucinations, symptoms much like what the girls were experiencing. Rye was the most prevalent grain grown in Massachusetts during that time, and the damp climate and long storage period could have led to an ergot infestation of the grains. But we still don't know if that was 100% the case. One of the more controversial theories states that the girls suffered from an outbreak of encephalitis lethargica, which is an inflammation of the brain spread by insects and birds. In her 1999 book, A Fever in Salem, Laurie Wynn Carlson argues that in the winter of 1691 and spring of 1692, some of the accusers exhibited these symptoms and that a doctor had been called in to treat the girls. He could not find an underlying physical cause and therefore concluded that they suffered from witchcraft, which was a common diagnosis at that time of any unknown condition. We still don't know what exactly afflicted these girls, but we also don't know all of the details of what occurred at these trials, and a large part of that is because of the way that the history has been written. And one of the most significant influencers on the way that many people know the Salem Witch Trials now was Arthur Miller's play, The Crucible. In his play, he depicts Abigail, who was in real life an 11-year-old girl, as a manipulative 16-year-old carrying on an affair with a married man and so she makes witchcraft accusations to get the man's wife out of the way. Nothing in the historical records suggests this but Miller's play is so widely popular that countless Americans only know this version of the offense rather than the true history which we still don't have a full grasp of either. But no matter what actually occurred at Salem and in Europe during those witch trials They all serve as a tale of caution against extremism and against mob mentality. So many of us believe that all of these things happened, you know, way back in the past and something like this is not possible in modern times. However, we know that there is still evidence of continued persecution of people for so-called witchcraft. 
A 2005 poll of Canadians and people from the UK found that 13% believed in witches. For Americans, it was 21%. Organizations like the United Nations and Stepping Stones Nigeria have found that the number of witch trials around the world is increasing. They are almost always violent and sometimes they are deadly. In many countries like India, Ghana, Tanzania and Papua New Guinea, females of all ages can be tortured, lynched or kept in camps for allegedly causing droughts or casting spells on people. In Saudi Arabia, a police anti-witchcraft unit was established in 2009 and a death penalty for witchcraft remains. In India, 120 murders were listed with witchcraft as the motive in 2019, according to police records. More than 2,500 people were killed for alleged sorcery between 2000 and 2016. Witchcraft persecution is explicitly banned in eight of India's 28 states, but the practice continues in many rural areas. The eastern state of Jharkhand, for instance, is home to one of the bans and to one of the highest death tolls. Most targets of Europe's witch trials were vulnerable people, the impoverished, the outcasts, the people with mental problems, and so are today's targets, according to Shanta Rao Bariga, the deputy director of Human Rights Watch in Brussels. And many of those targets were also women. People often project their fears onto victims, and there has never been a proven case of witchcraft in all of human history, but there have been thousands of victims of witch hunts. In the end, it's almost as if we should fear the witch hunters more than the people accused of witchcraft. So it seems obvious by now, by reading about all these witch trials, that a disproportionate number of women were accused of these practices than men. And Europe's long era of witchcraft hysteria was fueled by genuine fear, but it was also fueled by the patriarchy and the belief in the inferiority of women. And many of the victims of witch trials were often women who people felt needed to be silenced. Across New England, where witch trials occurred somewhat regularly from 1638 till 1725, women vastly outnumbered men in the ranks of the accused and the executed. According to author Carol F. Carlson's The Devil in the Shape of a Woman, 78% of 344 alleged witches in New England were female. Witch trials weren't just about accusations that today seem baseless. They were about a justice system that escalated local grievances to capital offenses and targeted a subjugated minority. Women were the victims and the accused in this history, and they were the casualties of a society created and controlled by men. So the history of witches and witch trials shows us that whenever there is any stress in society, be it from climate change or from competition between different religious factions, the losers always end up being the vulnerable people in society. And throughout history, women have been in the position of being vulnerable and subjugated. And so they were at the receiving end of a lot of the torture that went on with these witch hunts. And even in present day, many women serve as scapegoats for issues that matter and issues that they advocate for because because of a strong patriarchy that believes and fears in irrational ways. 
So like many of us think of witches as just a Halloween costume, but quote unquote witches are still persecuted and tried today. And the witches that died so many centuries ago have never had their stories told in any way. We still have no understanding or any real understanding of what actually occurred to them and what their stories were. And without recognizing what these witch hunts really were and why they really happened, we will never be able to understand this history written by the losers. Thank you all so much for listening to our first episode of season three. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram at History Written by the Losers and on Twitter and TikTok at History Losers. We'll be releasing new episodes every month on the last Sunday of the month, so make sure that you subscribe, turn on notifications, and we will be back with more History Written by the Losers. losers.